When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Not Without My Sister, the podcast where I, Rosemary McCabe, talk to my sister Beatrice McCabe about whatever takes our fancy. A little bit of housekeeping before we start. This month, for the month of March, Every single new patronage that we receive, we're going to donate to Ukraine and we're going to match it. So basically, if you sign up to our Patreon, patreon.com slash notwithoutmysister, during the month of March, your entire donation, your entire pledge will go towards Ukraine and you'll get access to our back catalogue of, I think we have 35 exclusive episodes that you have not heard on our Patreon. So yeah, so you basically get to donate your money to a great cause and also listen to our back catalogue and we'll then match whatever the total is at the end of March. So that's patreon.com slash not without my sister. How are you? Good. Thanks, Rosemary. How are you? Feeling calm and relaxed after a morning with your very obedient children? I mean, they've been absolutely excellent. This morning has been just a joy. It was 9.25 when I looked at it and said, Don, I honestly thought it was 3 p.m. I have been up since the crack of dawn. I've been up for the last five nights with pukers. And then I went to a hotel for to escape them. No, I went to a hotel for work, for an event for work. That would be good if you were like, Don, the kids are second, go to a hotel. Well, when I left, Don is like, I, I can't guarantee I'll be back. I'll be here when you come back. I was like, well, where are you going to be? Where would you be? He's like, he's like, no, the kids will be here. I might be gone. But then I came back and he looked extremely handsome, extremely haggard, extremely exhausted, extremely depleted. He wasn't even shouting anymore. He just sat in the corner looking beaten down. And uh, and he was like, oh, did you have a great time? And I was like, well, yeah, it was OK. I went and I had to give a talk to this thing in IU School of Business. School of Business. Kelly School of Business. Beatrice McCabe speaking. If this was an old-fashioned radio show, I'd press the applause button. Oh, yeah. Yay! I mean, extreme. I mean, you've no idea how professional I was. I even told the Poochie Pan story. Like, it wasn't... I mean, honestly, at the end, I was like, how is this happening? How am how- I telling this story? <laughs> I was just about to say, how did you tell that story? Well, they were, they, they were the Q&A at the end. They were like, oh, you can tell us some more about your podcast. I was like, yeah. And they're like, what are your... What's your... what?" 
topics do you like to talk about? I was like, well, I actually like to talk a lot about work and business and leadership. I was like, but we asked our listeners what their favorite episode was. And it was definitely this episode of the Poochie Pants. They're like, tell us about that. And I suddenly I was like, how did I get into this? Did you mention that he looked like Santa? No, I didn't. I didn't. I mean, honest to God, it was just getting, and they looked, and you know, it's, it's totally different, right? Like, because I'm 43, you know, and this happened to me when I was 22. And like, it feels like yesterday, obviously. Feels like, you know, but also when I'm telling the story and I'm laughing, then I'm like, it was actually not that safe. I actually got kidnapped. It was like, to the, it's to, it was to the women in business forums. Age ain't nothing but a number. Women On, get kidnapped at any no, age. No, but my point is, I didn't want them to be looking at me going like, this 43-year-old's totally not woke and thinks that it's super okay to be kidnapped and trapped in like, in a room <laughs> with a load of vases. Also, they were going like, she's an absolute gobber, right? Hang on. Were you trapped in the room with the ceramics? No, well, uh, for a point when he okay. when he introduced me to them. Anyway, <clears throat> so anyway, that was um, that was my weekend. But went to this hotel. Sorry, that's episode 12, Sense and Sensibility, if you haven't. Oh, my God. Sense and Stupidity. Sense and Stupidity is right. Yeah. So anyway, I was in a hotel and... Uh, Relaxing, sleeping well. Uh, well, I had booked a seven o'clock dinner, which is pretty early. And then I had went had a snooze. Kerry was on her computer, so Kerry came with me. And Kerry was on her computer, and she was typing away. And next thing you know, I hear her on the phone. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to make dinner. So could we reschedule for 8.30 p.m.? I'm like, 8.30? She's like, you fell asleep. So I was raging. Why did she not wake me up? She didn't wake me up. She obviously she, thought you needed it. No, she likes a later dinner. Oh. Sneak. She claims it's because she was trying to let me have that snooze. But I mean, I'm literally like, I was only snoozing because she was working. And I'd forgotten my computer, right? So... Anyway, so we go over this dinner, but we were back, in in fairness, in defense of care. We were back by 10.30, so it wasn't that late. Back in the room, 10.30. Lie down. Yeah, that's what I thought. Lie down, go to sleep. At three o'clock, rudely awoken by the stupid fire alarm. Oh, and that's not the first time this has happened to you. No, the last time I went away, also, maybe Carrie is the, maybe the, Carrie's smoking in a room. <laughs> was Carrie in the last hotel it happened? Yeah, then? yeah. <gasps> it was the last time we went to New York in October. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The common denominator is Carrie. Yeah. yeah. And anyway, but last time I stayed in my room and then there was this like loudspeaker. This is a false alarm. But the thing kept blaring. And, you know, this time I was like, do you know what? I don't know why I keep sitting in my room and the alarm goes off. Like it means I something. think that's very Irish, though. No, like, it's not. I got it in the hallway. I was the only person out. Everybody else oh. was opening their door going like, what's going on? Should we come out? And I was like, I don't know. I'm going out. I'm going I, downstairs. I always thought it was a real Irish thing. Like in any office I've worked in, when the fire alarm goes off, everyone just sits at their desks kind of waiting to find out if it's yeah. real. Well, Instead I was like, of going like, there's probably a fire. Know, I was just like, why am I even taking any chances? But of course, the middle of the night, did I even have the wherewithal to get my coat? It was freezing cold outside, like below freezing temperatures. Luckily, but you Carrie, weren't in your wee willy winky. What were you wearing? I was in my wee willy winky. Oh, because you sent me a selfie, but where you weren't in your wee willy winky. I was in Carrie's coat. So when I went downstairs, Carrie had a hoodie and a coat, so she kindly gave me clever, her coat. Clever, Carrie. But no, well, not that clever, because then she's like, I was like, let's go and sit in your car. And she's like, she's like, oh, I didn't take my car keys, but she did have, she did have like the common sense. She goes, I reached into my handbag and took out my room key. She's like, I don't know why I didn't grab my handbag. <laughs> this is so stupid. We all are in the oh, middle yeah. of the night. But like that's it, you know, so I was saying to her next time, now that I know she is a fire alarm attractant. You're staying in a separate hotel? No, I was going to put my go bag beside the door in case the alarm goes off in the middle of the night so I can just grab it and run downstairs. Go bag. Why don't you just stay in a separate hotel? Carrie's actually, bring me. Carrie's obviously the problem. It's never happened with me. Great idea. You're right. Carrie is the problem. Anyway, downstairs we go. And sorry, that would never happen with me with dinner either because I would be starving. I'd be like, please yeah. just wake up. You're right. Well, no, no, Carrie snacks starving. all day long. She does lots of like snacks. Oh, on grazing. Bars, I'm not yeah. a grazer. I'm a large mealer. So we go downstairs and we're like, hi, you know, is, is this? A f-? No, it's no, it's not. A, beep, beep. It's not a fire. It's not a real thing. No, no. Uh, it's, you know, fuse went in the microwave. But I smelled, you know, I definitely was smelling burnt popcorn, like absolutely smelling burnt popcorn. But she couldn't turn off the fire alarm. They had to wait for the fire truck to come. Oh, 
Yeah, so we were there for ages waiting for the fire truck to come. I'm like, this is stupid. And then Carrie's like, can you make an announcement? She's like, no, we don't have an intercom system. I'm like, this is stupid. So everybody was coming down with all their kids. God love them. Were and there any their... hot firefighters? No, there was the jolliest looking, most delighted looking firefighter ever. Oh, that's nice. I was like, Something why is do? he so happy? Yeah. Probably because he's been waiting for an alarm all day. Oh, well, probably because he's also like... big. Sorry. He was also like, I get to just eat this popcorn. Um, <laughs> but I, I think there was like one and a half minutes. It's, it's a big college town. Oh, so it is a big town then. I'm Yeah, it was big oh. enough. I thought it was like a sleepy little village like Serenity and Sweet Magnolia. No, no, they were having a like they were having a no to war Ukraine protest outside the college and everything. It was very, very good. Oh, yeah. that is very good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so anyway, you had a very restful weekend. You're ready to podcast. Oh, anyway, so I'm wrecked. So I'm dying Full to do this podcast and, and now I want to have a snooze. Today we thought we would talk about rules to live by. Not mm-hmm. the Jordan Peterson book. Down with Jordan Peterson. Not, not Jordan that. Peterson book. But I bought that before I knew he was a fascist. Did you? Yeah, I didn't know. Do you have it here somewhere? Yeah, it's somewhere here. I'd, it's somewhere in there. I'd probably read it out of interest so that then I'd know what I'm well, doing. Well, I um, I read a great review of it in the in the New York Times. So I re- this was like a while ago. So I so I bought it, and then I read more about him, and I was like, oh, I really am annoyed I bought that. I'm annoyed you bought that as I well, know, but I'm kind of glad you have it because I'm always poo-pooing it, but I haven't read it, so I feel like I should read it. Anyway, not the Jordan Peterson book. This is inspired by a couple of months ago. Well, a year ago now. When I was moving, I remember I was talking to you and Don about it. And Don, all of a sudden, apropos of nothing. Oh, for God's sake. Had not been asked. Said, I don't do moving. Well, he has done moving many times. Yes. Well, he doesn't do it anymore. And then a couple of weeks ago, we went for brunch with Brandon's family. And I said to his brother, do you want to hold a baby? And he was like, I don't do babies. Hmm. And I was thinking about what are the rules that I'm like, I don't do. You don't do gravy in other people's houses. I mean, gravy in restaurants. Oh, anywhere other than your own house. What? Like, I'm more likely to eat, I'd eat it in my cousin's house. Do you know what I mean? Family gravy I'd eat, but like it depends on the cousin. Depends on the cousin, but I'm I would sure not I'd be eat it in the English cousin's not house. Be eating you wouldn't it. know what the English do with their yeah, gravy. I wouldn't be eating it in restaurants. It's like somebody else's, some unknown person's gravy. Don't want to, don't want to suck that. I know. <laughs> You'd be sucking gravy anyway. I know we've slightly touched on this before, but like, have you never had a carvery dinner? Of course I haven't. You haven't laughed in a restaurant. Oh my God, I thought you were going to say I have. No, in a pub, like. Of course carvery. I haven't. Absolutely, the last thing I would order. <laughs> <laughs> never like even when you were younger no of course not what about in school when you'd go into the putching at lunchtime did you never do that yeah I did of course I would never eat that what would you eat I'd eat chips and peas or something like that not chips and gravy absolutely not are you having a laugh right now not really because like I feel like I ate chips and gravy not because I like chips and gravy cause, because I was like that's what we're doing everyone's eating chips and gravy I mean chips, chips and, gravy. and gravy you know I love a bit of peer pressure soggy chips well they're not soggy if you eat them quick enough roast me <laughs> Oh, I, I tell you, I do not do wet food touching dry food. That's what I don't do. Unless it's like deliberately intended. Like mushy peas need to stay on their side of the plate. So you basically, why don't you just buy yourself a baby plate with partitions on it? I've used them. So you'd like that, would you? Mm-hmm. I mean, this applesauce is, very clear is okay. Like, I know applesauce is okay only on the pork, but like the applesauce touches of potatoes, no thanks. Oh, we talked about this before, how mm-hmm. at Christmas you don't do like a sandwich, but you know, you know what I mean? Like you don't do like a bit of turkey, a bit of potato, a bit of gravy, and all in the same fork. She's looking. I mean, if I could, somebody needs to illustrate this podcast because I'm, the faces I'm, you're making are very. No, I'm more to me. thinking this is at least the fourth episode that we've had this conversation. At I know, some but I still point, can't you need to get it. it through your head that That's this rude. is not what I do. So I do not do that. So uh, basically, all your hard and fast rules are around food. No, I just haven't thought of the other ones yet. <laughs> I don't do. I don't know. Keep going. I don't do high fives. What? I don't do high fives. Only because you can't. I, that's what exactly what I was going to say. That's not the same as not like doing them out no, of principle. No, no. 
out of principle because previously I've tried to do them and I've missed and it's very embarrassing. No, all you have fives. to do is you have to make sure that you're looking at the other person's elbow. Trust me, I learned this here. Kerry actually taught me how to do a high five. You have to you look. couldn't do a high five either, basically. Of course basically. I couldn't. Oh, why would I be able to? It's not something we do in Ireland. We don't, we're not like, in Irish, Ireland, it's Irish like, people high five. No, but I mean, the whole, like in Europe, the whole thing is like, great. It's like, the expression great job doesn't even exist. It's like, <laughs> it's like, hmm. Go you. No, it's more like, hmm. That was good. That was grand. Yeah, well done. That yeah, was like, grand. That wasn't bad. That I, wasn't bad is actually more accurate. That wasn't yeah. bad is the European equivalent of, and in France, it's, ce n'est pas horrible. Oh, ce n'est pas horrible. It's like, it's not awful. Like that is the, that is positive motivation speech. In yes. You know what? I truly believe, even if I was an excellent high fiver, I just think uh, there's something really embarrassing about adult high five. Like I'll, I'll high five a child because I feel sorry for them. I won't high five an adult. It's but I also post COVID. I mean, pre post COVID, like mid post COVID. I don't want to be touching other people's hands unnecessarily. Fine, but even before COVID, but like I just why do adults high five? But I mean, it is, it's, it's okay to be high fiving at a sports game. Like, yeah, man, a sports yeah, game, a sports game. Said like a true sports fan. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. But my point is like, it's okay. What I mean is in an outdoor setting with a lot of space for those arms. The problem is if you're inside, I'm not joking. <laughs> if you're in an office and it's like suddenly people have to move their el- their heads like out of the way and it's like, it's de- it's their heads you see what I, yeah, You're definitely at, not looking at look at elbow what I'm doing here. for their look head. At, you're sitting down, you raise your arm. Look at what I'm doing here. You whip your arm. Look at, the, look at that elbow movement. So the elbow looks, seriously. She so looks that, like she's about to dislocate could, something. That could be somebody's head. That See that bookshelf there? It's like the time Don banged his tooth off the bookshelf and knocked it out that's that would be my elbow and somebody said like look that's high five you're looking very very agile very high five very high five okay so anyway my rule is I don't high five that's not so you're telling me you actually have a so you so if so you're like literally saying sorry I don't high five or you can't it's different no I say sorry I don't high five no you don't yes I do I've said that to people before I've I've looked at them disparaging me and said I don't high five no you have yes I have you're in America this is what you say Hey, I don't high five. I'm Irish. And they go, are you? You're like, oh, sorry, sorry. Only when I'm there, you have your Irish accent. You're trying to impress me. You're actually driving me mad today. I don't know what's going on, but you're really annoying me. (laughs) I wish you'd just stop. Just shut up. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) I don't listen to this shit. That's another rule. Oh, good one. Good one. (laughs) Do you not? I don't allow myself to be bullied by my older sister. Oh, bullied? Yeah, be upset. That's bullying. Take that back. This is... Good job. I'm still Thanks. preparing you. I'm still preparing you for when you go out in the world as an adult. Oh God, actually, you know what I was thinking? This week, the only adult person I saw face to face was Brandon. And he's barely an adult. No, That's but I was thing. thinking I need to get out more, basically. Well, I was thinking I need to get out more as well, because during this three o'clock fire, fire alarm fire fest, I was about to say, I got a massive fit of the giggles, like massive. That That's picture actually, that you I need sent to get you. out less. Beatrice. But That's that like, picture that I sent you, other people from like yourself. literally everybody was walking around. The kids were crying. The people had their dogs wrapped in blankets. And I was on the couch, like in hysterics. Their dogs. You could have brought Daisy. I know. But that picture that I sent you, like Kerry looks incredibly pissed off. The fire truck is in the background and I am in like You look there, there are tears in your eyes. Yeah. Hyster- I was I was just in hysterics. I couldn't stop laughing. I don't know why I'm so tired. 
we've lost and then her. I couldn't get in the lift with these three because like I was literally I could bear what you know when you <laughs> that's what I'm like I do have muscles in you my stomach no I had like actual pains <laughs> in my stomach muscles from laughing so much right I was like laughing and laughing and I, Kerry's like come on we're going to get in the lift with these three and they were looking at me like this one's cracked and I was like no no we'll get the next lift so like they closed the door right so I wait approximately two seconds press the button next thing the lift opens again and they're the there. same people in it yeah, oh, they're there, like, embarrassing. and they were there glaring at me and Carrie's like oh sorry and I literally like was still doubled over <laughs> laughing I'm sure they're just like this one's cracked I have to post that picture of me looking absolutely like I, and I actually Carrie, Carrie kept going I mean not reassuring you not reassuringly you look just like your mom in that picture I'm like <laughs> mom's always laughing like Oh, she is actually she does get hysterical remember that time she tried to put on the, the green hornet mask or whatever it was got a fit of giggles she was trying to get it over her forehead <laughs> she's actually such a plonker okay so what else are your hard and fast rules um, you don't go to hotels with Carrie anymore I don't dive because it's off-putting to other people because I'm so good because I the way I cut through the water like a butter knife so this is exactly like my I don't high five you don't dive because you're, you're shit at it excuse me Excuse me, when I propel myself up in the air about half an inch and then fall <laughs> forward into the water, that's just not something I want other people to be feeling inadequate. You won't be able to dive now next your pool won't be deep enough. It is it? deep enough. It is deep oh. enough. You can't dive off a diving board. I mean, like that. I mean, Rosemary, the kinds of diving we're talking about here are like my light jumping and falling, <laughs> sitting down on the edge, yeah. hands together, yeah. fingers pointed, toes under you. <laughs> Do you remember that time in Turkey that uh, that Abigail? I don't know if I talked about this before. That Abigail was teaching me to dive. And I dived into the pool and I did it like a breaststroke, but I was still pointing downwards. Yes. You know what I mean? And I whacked my nose off the bottom yeah, of the pool. You did talk about that. I think is that is that what happened to your nose? <laughs> I do not allow myself to be bullied by my older sister. <laughs> See, I do actually. That's a lie. <laughs> Honestly, now I'm looking at your nose going, is that why the top, tip of it is kind of flat? <laughs> actually, bog off. <laughs> Were so rude and it was entirely uncalled for. Oh God. I don't allow people to mansplain to me anymore. That's what I don't do mansplaining. How do you stop them? I just walk away. I just go, sorry, mansplaining and I walk away. No, you do not. <laughs> I'd love to though. I, I know you would to. love to, wouldn't you? God, I would love to. Sorry, I have more information on that. I have more knowledge on that on that area of information than you do. Bye. You know, you know who really doesn't understand mansplaining? God bless him. My husband, because he mansplains to me all the time. And then I'll go, Brandon, thank you so much for mansplaining that to me. And he'll, and he'll go, well, I just thought you didn't know. And I'm like, that's exactly the point of mansplaining. It's Have literally like shown- a man going, I don't think this little woman knows anything about this. So I'll explain it to her. Have you not shown him that diagram? Probably not. I don't even know what diagram you're the talking one about. Where, the one where the woman who, like, I think she coined the term mansplaining, where it goes, are you sharing information that this, it's like, it's a, what's it called? Like a mind map, you know, mm-hmm, like a mm-hmm. multiple choice avenue. Were you asked to share this information? Yes, no, right? If yes, do you know more about this topic than the woman you're explaining it to? Yes, no. Well, see, Brandon's answer would always be yes because he thinks yes. So that's the very definition. No, but like, of no, no, no. It's not about your opinion. Oh, it's so like the facts, facts, right? The facts. Whereas, whereas he'll be like, well, I didn't know the facts. Like, well, then Actually, I should be explaining that's exactly to you. True. I think, but I mean, in fairness to Brandon, just to defend him in case he ever listened to this, and I, I want to come across as the good sister-in-law because he totally mansplains. No. I think he splains more than mansplaining because I think I've heard him splaining to, ma- to men as well. Oh, he might have, he might do a bit of splaining to I men. I think he's more of a just a splainer. Like he thinks that he knows more than everybody. Can I tell you now for nothing, Brandon doesn't listen to our podcast anymore and how I know is because he said to me a couple of weeks ago, I was really, really bored at work so I listened to an episode of your podcast, Rude, 
And then he was like, and I have a lot of objections to clear up. Huh. Like but what? then he couldn't remember what they were. <laughs> the ages. I think one of them was about the profiteroles. He was like, I did not eat that many profiteroles. He absolutely <laughs> did. I love God, men have great revisionist history abilities, don't they? Men and mom. Men and mom. Yeah, you're right. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What do I not do? You know what? I don't get jealous of mom and her favoritism anymore. I don't do, I don't do, I don't do jealousy. I was reading about Mary McCartney in The Guardian. Mary McCartney, age 52, daughter of Paul and the late Linda McCartney. Who do you despise? I don't despise anybody. I love everybody. Say she despises Stella. What regrets do you have? And I have no regrets. I focus on positivity. What do you literally at the comment at the bottom? I was like, thank God. It, I mean, it was, I didn't have to write in because somebody had already written my comment. This one, totally insipid interview. None the wiser about her personality. And obviously it's just like totally talking like hogwash to sound like Did a very they say positive hogwash? person. Probably not. <laughs> Anyway, that's what I was thinking. So I, I was like, but you know what? I should do that. I, I could do better. That's, so I don't do negativity. That's what I don't do. Negativity. Okay. Can we actually be serious? Because that's not true. I am serious. Because I arrived over here and you were very negatively speaking to your children about tidying up the I, sitting room. I was positively, I was getting a positive, po- positive, I was positively moving towards tidiness. <laughs> that's all in, that's all in your pers- perspective. perspective. Mm-hmm. You see, you see negativity where there is none. I don't do negativity anymore. Okay, what do I actually, what do I actually not do? I don't do, I don't know what I don't do. I mean, I feel like I, I can be bullied into basically anything. I don't do fancy dress. Yes, you do. No, I don't. One Halloween you didn't because you had a baby. Beatrice, I haven't done fancy dress in years. You are so annoying but to me. But you're going Why to be doing it this, this year. But you didn't No, have, I'm not doing it this yes, year. Yes, you are. Put your finger down. But you didn't have any reason to be doing it ever. Like, you weren't in America where they do han- fan- fancy dress, where fancy dress is a big Excuse thing. Excuse me. I have been invited to at least two fancy dress parties in my life. And I've said no because I don't do fancy dress. I don't like it. I think buying a costume is lazy, but I'm too lazy to make a costume. So, what about having a costume bought for you? No. 
Yeah, you are going to be doing it. It's a big thing. It's a big thing in America, and everybody does it in the office. If you dress up all day, no, I sorry. have to be. Excuse me, I I'm have not to be in your Ur- office. I'm going to be the one staying at home and handing out the sweets. I had to be Ursula the Sea Witch, and I bought this tiny good. crushed velvet outfit. It wasn't didn't look tiny. It was size large from Amazon, and when it came, it was like a bandeau velvet size crushed large from Amazon. You're a fool. I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, which honestly means extra small. I know. And then I had, of course, didn't try it on because I was oh. I was in denial about it. And finally put, I mean, actually, nobody gives me, you know what I obviously don't do, but not through my own choice. I don't do sexy Halloween because I was given, we were doing Disney theme. We do like the entire team does Some it. people think Ursula's sexy. The point is, I was given Ursula the Sea Witch while everybody else was a princess or a teacup. You were given? Yeah, I was who chose, assigned. Who chose the, who I can't, these? luckily for them, I can't remember. That's rude. Yeah, I know. And so anyway, I was painted all purple, which was a pain in the arse as well to clean off. And then this year I was Peppermint Patty from Peanuts. And let me tell you, she's not sexy either. Peppermint Patty from Peanuts, not even sexy saying it. And then the year before, Ursula, you were the snitch from (laughs) her. I was, I was the snitch. And I couldn't fit through any doors either in the office. She got this big inflatable ball. It was a genius costume, really. Thanks, Rosemary. I think it was my idea to get the big inflatable ball. It was my idea. And then Dad... Dad hooked up those oh, moving the wings. wings. Yeah, and I put them on and I immediately knocked one off on the door frame because I oh, could barely idiot. move in that thing. It was impossible idiot. to get in and out of. And then it was really hard because I was in the office in costume all day and I couldn't go to any meetings. I had to stand <laughs> in the doorways like being talked to. <laughs> it was really annoying. That's actually genius for you. Like, you know what? This Halloween I'm going is like something that can't go through the doors. Yeah. And that can't sit yeah. down in meetings. That's good. Yeah. What else was I? Uh, I can't remember what I was when I was in Dallas. Remember when you worked in in Dallas? Didn't one of the teams go as a like a part of a roller coaster? Yeah, they did that as, like, here as well. It's actually brilliant. The, yeah. the, the stuffed legs, and then they like walked around swaying oh, yeah. from side to side. Another one that somebody did, which was brilliant, was everybody dressed up as. I, we don't really have them in Ireland, I don't think, but like, you know, in used car lots, they have those big, tall, inflatable men that float around kind of scarily. Oh yeah. Do you have them in Ireland? No, I don't think so. I mean, well, I think people people know what they are. People dressed up as them and then like they had some remote control cars. So they all walked around. There was a salesman, remote control car, and then all the The people on the team were dressed up as the inflatables. And it was actually hilarious. That is clever. It was very clever. But they could get into meetings. So that was short sighted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, another one that a team did when I was in Dallas was they all dressed up as Lego people, but they did like Karl Lagerfeld Lego, you know, like really clever. So it was like, Carl Lagerfeld's face with the and then a black suit and like what's her name Choo Choo what's the cat's name Chouette Choupette Choupette Choo Choo <laughs> I work in fashion I swear R.I.P. Carl <laughs> yeah it's actually classic it was a brilliant costume let's say he's turning his pearl casket oh my god it was brilliant they, do you think he has a Chanel casket probably got cremated no idea but Rosemary I oh I tell you what I don't do I don't do conjecture oh you are really now getting on my nerves. Now, not to contradict my own, I don't do fancy dress, but oh. I did suggest to Brandon that this year, if we were going to dress up, we could go as Labyrinth. That's a genius idea. Yeah. And I, well, well I want to be Hoggle. You can be, I was about to say, you, you can be bitch. Hoggle. <laughs> you can be well, Hoggle. I beat you to it. I want to be Hoggle. Atlas can be the baby. Atlas can be the baby. William can be David Bowie. Brandon can be Ludo. Oh, that's brilliant. And Finn can be Jennifer Connolly. <laughs> but, 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 but Finn won't like he's not going to put a dress on so well I would say William could be like Jennifer Connolly but he's not going to put a dress on either I'll be Jennifer Connolly I bought them both leggings from uh, yeah maybe we could do a whole family thing I bought them both leggings well well, then I want to be the worm the other one who goes hello come in make the missus I love that worm <laughs> oh anyway I bought them both leggings from the girls section in H&M 
And uh, they were very cute with like dots on them. And Brandon was like, they're for girls. I was like, so like, who cares? They're, it doesn't matter. What is this gender explaining? Then they came home from school and they were like, a girl in my class said these are for girls because she has them too. And I was like, well, I mean, some things, you know, some things maybe are for you, everybody. Maybe you should just say to, maybe they're for boys. Maybe she has boys leggings. Oh, I didn't say that. I forgot to say. I said maybe they're for everybody. And I yeah. was like, you know, girls wear trousers, boys wear trousers, girls wear this, boys. Wear and he was like, you're right. Oh I my mean, God, I'm amazed the that they section. listened to the end of that because normally I tell you what I don't do. I don't do parenting exceptionally well because my any time my kids ask me anything remotely serious, I go, well, and they immediately turn their back and walk away. Well, Finn asked me the other day, what what do the dark ages mean, right? And Brandon started saying something about like like basically before there were lights. And I was like, shut up, Brandon. I was what? like, What? Is he having a no. laugh? And I was oh, like, it's bless. before the age of enlightenment when people didn't know and literally Finn turned around and walked away. And then the next day I heard him saying, Dad, what are the dark ages? Well, maybe you need to get Brandon in a room and be like, Brandon, before you're asked this question again, let me explain <laughs> to you what the dark ages are, because obviously he's not aware. God, Rosemary. I thought Brandon was really smart, but now I'm thinking he was just faking because it was in the pandemic. We weren't hanging around with a lot of other people. Well, so he, he is very, to. like like a lot of men, he is very good at giving the impression of smartness, whether he is smart or not. <laughs> but he is. No, he is. Like, you'd never, oh. you could bring up anything and you'd be like, he knows a lot about that. When he doesn't. God, the confidence is amazing. It's like, I'm just going to give that book a plug again, that book that I read. Why So Many Incompetent Men Become Leaders by, what? Is is that the correct title of it? Yes, I don't think there's so many. And I think it's how incompetent men become leaders. I'll just look it up. Oh, let's see now what I'm being explained at. <laughs> Why so many incompetent men become leaders by Thomas Chamorro Premazich. I'm sure that's not how you pronounce his name. It's called Why Do So Many Incompetent oh. Men Become Leaders? Question mark And in brackets, and how to fix it. Correct. So I was much more correct than you were. Yes, Rosemary, you were missing three words and I was only missing one. Fine. So... And the whole premise of it is not that men are idiots, but that there's a much lower bar for men to become leaders in organizations. And that not that the bar should be lowered for women, but that women are such good leaders when they actually do become leaders because they have had to study more, get more experience. You know, they're older when they become leaders on average than men, like of the same level, etc. And the, the whole hypothesis is not how do we lower the bar for women, but how do we raise the bar for men so that all leaders are equally talented and capable because the idea is that if you are a man you are often given credit for things yeah. skills that you don't have and so you become a leader before you're actually prepared yeah, to you're lead. you're assumed to be qualified yeah in, but in you also assume it, and if you're a man you're also assuming your qualif- those qualifications for yourself like whereas women do not yeah yeah well well i read a, i read a book with a very similar premise called the authority gap but i think yours was probably better because like the authority gap was good she was interviewed on the guardian today in focus podcast and the and the book was very good but a lot of it i was like mm, i already know that even though reading it made me go now i now i can say well i read in this book well i thought i thought this book was very good because normally when i read books about work or organization or leadership or whatever i get halfway through going fascinating fascinating and then i'm like oh i don't want to read the end of this you know and i read the whole thing and thought it was great it's more that like there's so much content in some of them and like it's repetitive, you know? Yeah. But this was like very entertaining, very well written, very like it moved forward. It had a lot of momentum. As oh, a book, yeah, yeah. You know, where yeah. often I think leadership books are a little bit stagnant. It's, it's like every every chapter is kind of a point unto itself. So you're yeah. like, I don't really need to keep reading because I could stop here. Yeah, 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 yeah. That it's not like hasn't got a narrative arc. In the exactly. Same. But but this was engaging. Very, very engaging. Very, very engaging. I'm trying like, what would I like my life rules to be? I don't put things off. Oh, that's what I'd like. I don't do procrastination. 
Well, can I not just say I don't put things off? Do you know why you're trying to be you're so You're saying fancy? I don't do. I don't. That was, oh, that, that yeah. Was the okay, big, fine. I'm fine. I don't Sorry. do putting things off. Say, what, say whatever you like, but you have to add do in there. Okay. I don't do. Just like the book. Why do so many incompetent men become leaders? <sighs> do I have to continue with this conversation? <laughs> I don't do procrastination. That's what I'd like. But I do do. I, I do do procrastination a lot. But I'd like to stop. But I don't really know how. Well, certainly, um, somebody was talking about this yesterday at the IU Kelly School of Business, where I gave us where I gave a talk, and they were talking about procrastination and how to avoid it. And what was it? Who was it? Oh, maybe it wasn't actually. I just gave the plug for that thing again, and maybe it wasn't that. I think it might have been somebody in the office last week was talking about. <laughs> um, somebody saying that they are not. Oh, you know, it was a guy in the office was telling me about knowing that you procrastinate. How do you get things done? I think he was talking about somebody who said that he wrote. He was a writer. He was referring to a writer and he was saying this writer anyway wrote a book and it took him three years to write a 150 page book or something like that. Right. And he felt like that was way too long. But then he took a step back and said, you know what, I'm not very good at I'm not very good at like forcing myself to do things. But if I write three pages or two pages a week, every week. And I'm just going to write them whether good, bad or indifferent, right? And if I write those two pages, by the end of my life, I would have written 10 books. And in that case, mm. I would be a prolific writer. I would consider yeah. myself to be a prolific writer. And I was like, that's kind of an interesting way to think about it. Because I think we're very quick to say, I didn't do it like within two weeks. Therefore, yeah, yeah, I failed. Yeah. At least that's what I tell myself when I look at my rowing machine and go, I haven't done that for two weeks. But I have the long arc of my life to get on that rowing machine and have many, many rows. And if you rowed for 20 seconds every day mm-hmm. in six weeks, no, in three weeks, You'd have run a minute. Oh, oh road, never mind. Never mind. Stop, never mind. Stop. You'd have run a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, the problem was, I, I mean, the last two weeks, I genuinely, everybody in the house has been entirely sick. I don't do sick kids. I don't do sick kids. Please. Is that I don't a, know how. That's a preference, maybe. Just, sorry, I'm not sure if, I'm not sure if the podcast is going to pick this up, but there's a child crying in the background and he's running around. I'm like, I don't run while crying. I'd be dead. I presume he's breath. looking for an audience. Oh yeah, poor him. I used to hate that when you were a kid and you're crying and nobody paid attention. You'd be in your room getting louder and louder and louder. He's always crying, but like, why does he, he Aww. walks right past that door there for his first scream, for the initial scream is always done outside the podcast door. Well, he wants to, he wants to prove that he's more important than the podcast. Of course he is. Oh, hold on, I better go. I'll be back anyway, in a minute. Anyway, we're back. Oh. <laughs> Foiled. <laughs> what would you like to say? Like, what would you like your rule to be? Like, aside from I don't do mansplainers, which is hard because actually, like in so many circumstances, you just have to be polite to men who are man- mansplaining to you. Ugh. I don't do imposter syndrome. How about that? Do you feel imposter syndrome a lot? That was one of the questions yesterday at the IU Kelly School, School of Business. But I was thinking, yeah, don't don't we all? Like, yeah, I do. I mean, I think there are, you know, there are always, it's like, you said recently a great analogy, Rosemary, that the more, you know, I was talking about like the more senior you become, the more the more there is to learn. Mm-hmm. Like you're never kind of like, oh, I'm there. I'm there and I know everything. You Things know? are easy now. Yeah. Yeah. And you, I mean, certainly not if you're, I think if you are a curious individual, like certainly you can get to the, you know, you could, you could increase in one field. But like, I find like as you increase, then you're like, oh, what about that adjacent field? What about this adjacent, you know, subject? Like, how do you expand and learn the whole time? And you said, it's like weightlifting, Beatrice. You were like. I remember way back when, when I used to do this, the stronger you get, the more the more weight you put on the bar. And I thought that was really, you know, a, a very, very, very clear cut analogy that does explain it well. I imagine that most normal, relatively self-aware individuals, and that's a very key word there. So I'm not sure how many, you know, I'm not sure how prevalent self-awareness actually is among adults and certainly among leaders. But the more self-aware you are, the more you must think, like, I'm not great at this, you know. And like you look at CEOs or, you know, very senior individuals, 
they don't actually like the really great ones don't necessarily know everything themselves but they surround mm-hmm, themselves mm-hmm. like not to be a cliche but they surround themselves by people who are really smart and they actually allow those smart people to be really smart I remember being at a talk I think it was like when Image magazine used to do their business talks which I'm sure they did up to the pandemic and they, they might be bringing back but they had a I think her name is Anushka Dukas. She designs jewellery. And she was saying one of the most important things she learned in business was to hire people who are smarter than you are and not to be afraid of doing that Like for that reason, that there are always going to be people that you need who know things that you don't know. But you know what? I don't feel imposter syndrome, but I think that's because I don't feel like I'm doing anything particularly impressive, if you know what I mean. Like, like I'm not at a certain point where I'm like, oh, I don't deserve to be here. You know what I mean? I don't think I, don't think I necessarily feel like I don't deserve to be here, but I kind of, in you know group settings... Not all the time, but sometimes go like, oh, is this a stupid question? You know, yeah, is this yeah. like, I don't know if I should ask this. I probably am supposed to know this, you know. And then afterwards, like and only recently I had this realization of like, I don't actually think these are stupid questions at all. I think they're totally fine and because other people are thinking the same thing. And if I'm thinking it, it's probably because even if there is an answer and it is a stupid question, nobody's explained it clearly. Yeah. And isn't it way better as well to ask the stupid question and to not know the thing than to pretend you know the thing. Like that's 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 the dangerous part and like back to mansplaining is to pretend that you know all this stuff and that's how you go really wrong. Well, I'm reading a book right now. It's here on the table called Fearless Organization by Amy Edmondson and I saw her speak a while ago. I think I mentioned this book before but I'm reading it again because I think it's important and it talks about psychological safety in the workplace, right? And the she came across the concept of psychological safety. She was working on companies and how mistakes happen and stuff like that. And so she was surveying these teams in hospital settings and she discovered that. So they did a couple of surveys and the best teams came back and reported a ton more mistakes than the less good teams with the less positive outcomes. And she was like, she was totally confused by this, right? And she's like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, how do they have way more mistakes? But then she came up with this hypothesis hypothesis that actually they felt comfortable admitting to their mistakes and yeah. talking about their mistakes and looking for solutions, whereas yeah. the less successful ones didn't admit they had them, therefore mm-hmm. couldn't address them, you know, therefore couldn't get better. Yeah. But like, it was actually really, it was actually like really scary because when you think about it, like depending on your industry or what field you work in, like the medical industry is one where you would hope that people would have the co- confidence to say, doctor, I don't think you've prescribed the right medication or doctor. Like yeah. the example they gave here was that a nurse said she didn't feel comfortable asking her doctor, like whoever was in charge of the neonatal ward, if he had prescribed the right medicine to a prenatal, whatever, to a premature baby whose lungs had not yet inflated correctly. And she didn't see it on the chart, but she assumed that if it wasn't on the chart, then the doctor must know better than uh-huh. she did. And she was afraid to ask him because he was known for snapping at people. And you're like, the fact that you would prioritize, and I mean, it's very human, I'm not criticizing yeah. her, but the fact that in the, like, because in the split second, you're not playing out the long-term arc of like that baby's lungs. You're just playing out like, oh, he must know better because like, you know, he's, he's going to shout yeah. at me because he he definitely knows the answer. Yeah. And that was because you don't feel comfortable. But like at the end of the day, if you're the doctor, wouldn't you be thinking, thanks for checking with me because I have a lot of other things that I'm thinking about. And I appreciate you making sure that you should be thinking that. Yeah, 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 you should be. And I mean, Mm -hmm. you can't fix your mistakes if you don't admit you've made them. Do you know what I mean? Correct. We're like thinking of of my stepson William's obsession with the Titanic. If your man, the shipbuilder, who looks like Ireland and Wolf. No, no, your man. Well, I'm thinking of the movie. Remember your man was on the boat. He's like, I built you a fine, strong boat, Rose. I haven't watched it recently, Rosemary. I'm not as lucky as you are. All right. I've watched it. Yeah, I've been forced to watch it several times. But if he had admitted sooner that the ship might sink, they could have started the evacuation sooner instead of being like, the ship isn't going to sink. Don't worry. And then like four hours later being like, shit, ship. But however, would it have mattered because they didn't have enough lifeboats anyway, right? 
Well, they could have got a lot more people into the lifeboats because most of the lifeboats were half empty. As I've learned from my, as you tell me, Titaniac stepson. Aww, Remember, he's like, I'm a Titaniac. I know, it's yeah. so sad. On that sad note, little reminder, sign up to our Patreon this month, in the month of March. For $5 a month, you get access to our whole back catalogue and your donation, your your patronage for the month will go towards Ukraine and we will then match whatever we get from patrons. So it'll be doubled, basically. Thank you all so much for listening and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Not Without My Sister is produced by Liam Garrity, sound and original music by Don Kirkland and our original illustration is by Lindsay Nielsen. Not Without My Sister is a member of The Warren. As is our podcast, The Critter Shed. For more great podcasts, hop along to thewarren.ie. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 